Let's just start the dag thing. Welcome um, to the Bulldozer Party Podcast. Ashby's shouting. <laughs> Loud noises. Whoa, who's that? Uh, this is going to be a regular segment where we kind of talk about getting into CS and how some of the early struggles you might have. So listeners, if you have any questions and you're starting out in CS, hit us up. We are bulldozerpodcast at gmail.com. Introduce yourself, stranger. First name, last name. Well, I'm Max. I'm Kashvi. And I'm Kenley. We have our first guest today. Kenley, who are you? A, sh- a CS student. <laughs> a tired, tired CS student. Not really. Don't Great. sell yourself short. Tired? That sounds like a fact. Well, uh, Kenley, we're hoping to talk to you about some of your trials and tribulations as a CS student as you have chosen to define yourself as such. What trouble we would have been in if you had gone a different route and perhaps said, I am a rock climbing enthusiast or something completely unrelated to this podcast, but luckily for us, you are indeed a CS student. What year are you? I'm my third year now. Well, I'll start my third year. Okay. Um, how many CS classes have you taken? Um, five of them so far. Which ones are they? Uh, 211, 212, 240, I'll take 220. Uh, what else is it? Anyone who's not like a Queens College or CUNY CS major. 211 is object-oriented programming with C++. So, 212 yeah. is object-oriented programming with Java. 220 is discrete math. Discrete structures. Discrete yeah, structures. structures yeah. uh, focusing then, on graphs and stuff. 240 is computer, uh, computer or language. In no, no. Assembly. It's assembly language. Yeah, so it's MIPS. Who did you take it with? Uh, I took it with... Frary. Oh, I did as well. No, Frary. Me too. And 111 is C++. Yeah, getting C++ intro. <clears throat> um, Kenley, coming out of high school, what was your goal? Like, did you want to be a CS major? Well, yeah. Sort of like being on computers. I wanted to do anything with science, so CS was there, and I'm always on my computer, so it matched. Had you done any, like programming or coding projects on your own before starting? Uh, yeah, I've worked a little bit on like, when I was in high school, I was a technical uh, advisor of like the Scholars Lunch, which was like this whole like scholar thing. What high school? Uh, Martin Van Buren. Martin Van Buren, shout out to Martin Van Buren. If you're a Martin Buren high school alum, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Share this podcast with your Buren Knights. What do you guys call yourself? What high school team? VBs, if I'm VBs. right. Yeah, we're VBs. Nice. So let's let's uh let's go back a while. This is your first semester as CS student. Your first class was CS one hundred and eleven. What is that? CS one eleven. My yeah. first class. Yeah, yeah. The name of it. Oh, it's a uh, it was an intro to C plus plus. Yes. How much C plus plus did you know before? None. None. Not at all. Not a bit. None. <laughs> not at all. What was some of the early early struggles? Like okay, so you're coming in not knowing any C plus plus. What was your workflow that first semester? Uh, more or less trying to like grasp the concepts. I mean, it depends on like what lab professor you had, but like mine's was really mathematical centered. Who was your lab professor? I don't remember to be honest with you. So like, yeah, um, <laughs> mine's was like really centered on like math. So every time he explained something to us, it was always like mathematical trigonomic functions and everything else in between. Well, not trigonomic functions, but it's like that sort of confused me a bit because like it's intro. So I'm trying to understand the basics and language. And you come out of nowhere with Pythagorean theorem. So, yeah. Um, 
stuff like that really caught me off guard. But other than that whole thing, grasping the concepts aren't that hard. It's like almost learning like a, another language. Facts. So what what had you programmed in before taking that class? Uh, before then, I programmed like all by myself in Python and Lua. So Lua. Yeah, that was that's just Roblox's take on like Unix coding. So that's nice. So did you feel like any of that stuff you've done on your own prepared you, or do you kind of feel like you're in the deep end? Was the class way easy? Was it difficult, but like not a big deal? Or was it like, you, did you feel like you had to do a lot of work to master uh, everything? With what I know, knew previously with programming, like I, I just like, like I already came to grips with if one thing's messed up, then probably there's gonna be a whole chain effect, but I, I guess I found fun in that because it's like, it teaches you to be meticulous. So that transits, that goes well with other skills. Like if you can like sit and analyze things piece by piece, it makes it easier to like understand, like it even helps out with other classes. Cause like I start analyzing things like piece by piece. <clears throat> so um, yeah, uh, that was really how it went along for my first like year in um, C++. It wasn't that bad, but there, there was like some projects that would just straight up take up a lot of time. And again, that goes back to the whole math thing. So if you're like, really well versed in math you're fine well in my case at least I'm, i can't speak in general for everyone else max yeah <clears throat> what do you think about our friend here can we he's a very good guy what do you need <laughs> i don't know i feel like he's hiding his secret sauce <laughs> what secret sauce i think that if there is a secret sauce it's just that you're going to have success in computer science if it's something that you're interested in enough to do in your spare time I personally feel like the C++ stuff that I was learning when I, I was in 111, the same class, was kind of mirroring a lot of the stuff that I had already known because I'd worked on other projects. Like you said, you've done Python and Lua. I, I tinkered around with Python and some Ruby as well. And yeah, it's totally different as far as you know, it's one's a compiled language or one is scripted. There's these different technical specifications of each of them and the syntax is different, but the concepts of variable, a loop, a conditional statement, those are uh, gonna carry over. And so it's a big advantage if you already are kind of working on stuff on your own and exploring it. And even since taking C++, I have not really even used it. And I think the point of teaching it is that it is this kind of foundational introduction where it forces you to become familiar with a lot of the core concepts that you can learn in any, any, in any language. Now I have to, so what is this, what's the word? I, gotta, I have to give a disclaimer. I am actually using C++ again with the game that I'm working on on Unreal Engine. And so I'm thankful for having had that exposure. But before that, I had no use of it at all. You know what, one thing I will say when you're starting out at CS is that your lab TA is very important. Um, your professor is not gonna cover everything and they will not have the time to sit down with you and like work with you. But if you have a good lab TA yeah, as an undergrad in CS, it's a big advantage. Um. So that's stuff where you're in lecture, you know, someone's speaking at you, you can ask some questions, but I feel like when it comes to this field, a lot of it is like putting in the time and trying things out. Because you may understand it conceptually, but that's why you go to the lab and you actually are trying to apply it. That's where you find out how well you actually did understand it. Sometimes it feels like, oh, I nailed it. And then you go to you go to open up a blank file and you're like, all oh, right, what was that? What's the first line that's supposed to be at the top of every file again? And it takes some repetition to get used to that stuff. And if you get those professors that give you a lot of practice problems and you actually do them, 
that that's uh, where you can find that practice. If you don't have a professor who's giving you extra problems, you can <laughs> things to do on your own. I mean, just the subs. No matter where you're taking computer science, it's the same concepts, and there's tons of useful stuff online, YouTube tutorials, and documentation, Stack Overflow, of course, where you can go if you're stuck on something. But you're not going to find out if you're stuck unless you're actually doing stuff. Yeah, actually, Core is a good place too. A lot of people answer like questions oh, straight on Core. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like they they help out a lot on Core. I have one last question. Do you feel right now? I know you're not. You haven't finished all your CS classes, but if you had, if you graduated tomorrow, how would you feel about entering the workplace or entering the job market as a computer science in the in the computer science field? Dope question. Yeah, uh, I'll be. I wouldn't feel too bad about it. Like. Because there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. Like in a, in a classroom, you're sort of in like this own environment. It's not completely like representate. Like this doesn't represent outside like 100%. But I would feel pretty all right. Like I already know the flow of programming. You know, trial error, error do it over like again and again. But Google it, copy and paste. Google Cora, copy and paste, Stack Overflow. Uh, cool. Knowing how to use um, what's it called again? The thing that tells you everything about. Like each individual like, program function, documentation. Uh, not documentation. Um, a lot of print statements. Well, yeah, a lot of print statements. Just print out your answers, guys. <laughs> um, that's cool. I'm. I feel like it could be a mixed bag. I think sometimes people are like, they feel like they're getting shoved into the deep end when they graduate. But I think you. I like that you've identified that, even though you might not know, you know, whatever exactly this company may be asking of you. The important thing is that you know the tools to find out and you know like you, you've had this practice learning new languages and working through problems and that's ultimately like what's going to make you successful in, a, in the work environment. So it's cool that you you feel like ready for it already. Hopefully the rest of the classes are, that you end up taking don't feel like a waste of time. <laughs> of course not. Every, everything adds on. You're like, like, yeah. Just recently I, I found out that CL was an object. So. I shattered my world. Yeah, there's always more. You can always go deeper. Thank you for your time, Ken Lee. Yeah, no problem. All right, I'm actually looking forward to Elise May's pitching workshop tomorrow night. Oh, yes, Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, so tomorrow. we had our Monday night session Yeah. after we finished, well, not directly after we finished recording, but temporarily after we finished recording. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, so we, we got a first taste of it. There's still three sessions to go. What were your takeaways from that first session? Um, I came prepared with my, you know, to pitch my video game. I was hoping to get some tips on how to actually make it interesting. Dowry Dash. No, that's a working title. And actually, it's not even a working title anymore. <laughs> I tossed it out. I don't what happened? It. I just don't, if, I, if I'm not comfortable with the title, I can't be, like, confident pitching it. Oh, facts, facts, facts. So I need facts. to find something that I'm, I'm comfortable with. Um, I know you have some titles on you. I do. Should I read a couple of them? Yeah. <laughs> Listeners. Uh... Give Maybe Matt some a, feedback. We can do a Twitter poll. Or yeah, something. we'll do a Twitter poll. So <laughs> we have a Twitter or just email. Uh, yeah. Um, so here are some ideas that Max has for his video game. Give us some feedback. Which one you like? Oh, we're on SoundCloud right now. So if you like one of the titles, just comment, comment it. Yep. Okay, I'm just gonna say these. No context. Just go based on how they sound. You'd probably read it out of context anyway. Band of Vandals. Band of Vandals. Eye of Shalkron. I have something. Dungeonaire. Dungeonaire. Monster Cross. 
Monster Cross. And those are the only ones I'm comfortable sharing on air. <laughs> what? This is a lot of... <laughs> what are the... You know, have you ever tried to name something? It's a big responsibility. Yes, it's usernames. We have that struggle every single yeah, time that's you just create represent something. You. Is, I guess that's pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't thought about that in a while. I just yeah. use the same username for everything. Yeah, but like... Oh, I'm so surprised when Kashi Fahim is taken. I'm like, who else is there? <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, oh, wait, that was probably me like a couple months ago. I actually forgot the password. Um, but some of these, I, I have a lot longer notes. It's just like embarrassing. And that's, come on, come on, that's come an on. immediate elimination. You're in a safe space on the internet. Um, okay, what's this one other? A lot of these are just words that I liked. What about uh, Tournament of Thieves? I think that's, that's a, Tournament sounds okay. Tournament of Thieves. It's kind of generic, though. I want people to be yeah. interested when they hear it. All right. I'm uh, League of Loot, Legion of Loot. Legion of Loot. It's not, I don't like them. That's why I didn't say them. Hopefully we'll have another update All right. next podcast. Anyways. Listeners, give us some feedback. Which ones do you like? I personally like Vandals. Band of Vandals? Band of Vandals. I too, I like how that sounds. Band of Vandals. I'm worried that it's not Trademarked. provocative enough of the setting, that it's this medieval fantasy world it's how many like, like band uh, of vandals could exist anywhere could be how like many cover bands are out there with the same name as that band of vandals, band of vandals? oh that's, that's a good name yeah. all right it's probably the top of this anyways that's a digression the pitch workshop um I, I was ready to get some brutal feedback on my video game pitch because i know it's sounding really boring right now and i need to spice it up but i was surprised and i think i'm not alone in that that the topics of the first workshop we're really kind of going to fundamentals of how you're presenting yourself. Not, not talking yet about what you're presenting, but identifying very small things that I feel like a lot of people don't even notice. So the facilitator uh, is Elise May, who has a theater background. Uh, how, how did you feel about the workshop as a whole? Um, I loved it. Elise May did a great job of presenting the ideas of how your presentation doesn't start from the moment you get up to your you know, target. It starts way before. It starts when you're deciding what to wear, uh, whether or not you bring business cards to your presenter, um, how you make eye contact. Also, you know, we really focused on how people speak, what they're doing with their body, what they're saying, what you hear. So one of the first exercises is that we were all going up one by one after the other in front of a camera that Elise May set up, and she's recording us pitching our ideas. And the audience was asked to take notes on what they heard and what they saw. Things that were facts, not things that were opinionated, like, oh, I thought they had a great content. That, wasn't that was not accepted. What she wanted more was to, for us to record, did this person use their hands? Was their vocals all over the place? Were they making eye contact? Did they say hello? Did they say thank you? Facts, not opinion things. Um, and not, not where they looked nervous, but the details of it. Maybe you thought they looked nervous, but what were they actually doing that made you think that? Right. Was, were they breathing heavy? Was, were they shrugging? Shifting their weight. Was their stance, like, you know, uneven? Things like that. And that, really, that exercise was very um, detail-oriented that I really appreciated, like things that you really should look into and start being conscious of when you're presenting to somebody. So I really appreciate it, Elise May coming down to the Tech Incubator as part of our events. Um, I'm looking forward to the other three sessions. Mm -hmm. The, I totally lost my train of thought. No problem. <laughs> the, um, 
she, the point that she made when we're doing this exercise was that like if you aren't aware of these things you can't change them and mm -hmm. i felt like that hit home because there were things that i definitely had not thought about before like what like where my hands are i guess yeah. i feel like i kind of fidget a lot like just grabbing my fingers and sometimes i mean not all the time but um also also the part about the register of your voice speaking in a low voice or in a higher voice and how you have a natural register that you're used to yeah but just because it's what you're used to doesn't necessarily mean it's the place where you sound the best yeah and that it's something that you actually have control over yeah sometimes it is hard to hear your own voice if you've ever tried to record a podcast and listen back to it and you think oh my god that's actually how i sound that's um, actually been my experience and at least they pointed it out to us the other day it's like she actually advised not to get not to like record and hear because she said like what you're hearing is your voice through air versus bone conductivity that you're actually hearing in your head. Well yeah, you hear yeah. your voice differently when you're It's not as other rich. people hear your voice differently yeah. than you do. So it's good to have an idea of how other people are hearing your well, voice. Well that was an aha moment in my head. I was like, oh, so I should not feel bad about my voice. Because you know, when I'm editing these podcasts, I'm like, whoa, that's what I sound like? And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, what it's not. Gotta like. deal with it. Gotta, 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 gotta move on. Gotta put some effects in there. Change. <laughs> yeah, some like reverb. Oh, man. Make it sound like we're at a giant cathedral. Could do that. Just, just, it's like slapping a bunch of frosting on top. So we have three more sessions with Elise May, who I'm going to affectionately call Aunt May from now on. Uh, because she really does look like Aunt May from Spider-Man in my head. And I'm like Peter Parker. Yeah, I'm just like... Cannon. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have great power that we'll have to be responsible with. Hey, Pidgey is great power. Mm -hmm. well, what will we do with this ability to persuade anyway? Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to go out there and peddle pharmaceutical stuff. And yes, offense Make to pharmaceutical <laughs> You know what? Actually, while <laughs> after that pitch, I was like, I should really go and look into like sales training. And you know, I, whenever you meet a pharmaceutical salesperson, their like their presentation is always on point. Mm. And salespeople, pharmaceutical people, what other people are there? Entertainment folks, speakers, they really know how to like yeah. present themselves. And it's, inter it's interesting to think about: Are they in this position because? Is it just something that they were naturally good at, or is this something that they have acquired over practice from being in the field? And I think it, the answer could be either way, but it's kind of heartening to think that. Oftentimes, you have the power to these it. folks are cheerleaders and like performers mm -hmm. and theater people, just like Louise May. Yeah. And they kind of really train themselves to be conscious of how mm -hmm. people look at them. And yeah, I think these are all extra qualities that CS folks, business folks, entrepreneurs can really benefit from having yeah cs is, is kind of i think there's a stereotype of someone who's just locked in their basement and clicking away on the keys they don't get a lot of fresh air and don't get to talk to people a lot so it may be awkward i think it's stereotype a lot of exceptions to this and maybe it's even not even the case anymore when you we see a lot of technological ceos at the forefront of the news and celebrities and things like that. Or maybe it makes it worse when you see Zuckerberg and Elon Musk up there and they they seem like, what do they call Zuckerberg, a lizard person? Whatever, <laughs> I'm, I'm off topic again. The ability to present yourself well can definitely make you stand out. Um, not Because it's, it's not necessarily something that you are required as a 
computer programmer to be able to do, but it, it's like so much added to what you can offer somebody, whether you're selling a product or you're selling yourself, like an interview situation or something like that. All right, the kids are almost here. <laughs> Reminder, we're recording from Powdermaker Hall at Queens College, part of uh, summer camp coding, summer coding camp. Yeah, I'm about to teach some video game design with Scratch. And I'm about to facilitate a room full of Sonic Pi users. Uh, thank you again to listeners for listening to the Bulldozer Party Podcast. Please subscribe on SoundCloud. Email us your advice, questions. Also, you can comment. Comments. Comments. Any complaints. Recipes that you like. Recipes. Shout out to Hasnat Aryan of Brooklyn Tech for listening to us. Shout out to Yasin Esan, our little brother. You know who you are. You know who you are. Thank you so much for all the support, recommendations. You hear those kids? Yep, they're coming. They're coming. The kids Thank are coming. You. The kids are coming. Well, those are podcasts at gmail.com. Yes. Have a good one. See you in the next one.